Hello, and welcome to Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I'm your husband and GM, Zach. And I'm your wife and player, Diana. And this is Series 1, Episode 47 of the Segaranza Campaign. How are you, my darling? I'm good. Well, I'm fine. You know, things are fine. Yeah? Yeah, things are okay. Okay. It's this weird space, so I really, really enjoy the winter holiday season. I really enjoy it. But between October... And December falls the month of November, where I feel like it's obnoxious to be into the holiday season. Like, people who put up Christmas trees now are obnoxious people. It's too <laughs> early. Right. It's putting people on blast. I am. I'm putting you on blast. It's too early. You need to wait for Thanksgiving. But I'm like an impatient toddler waiting for Christmas morning, right? Like, I want to put my Christmas tree up. Okay. So I've got this dual nature in me being like, do I be the jerk that I find everybody else to be who puts up their Christmas trees and put up my Christmas tree? Or do I not and be a sane person who just waits like an adult? So that's what I'm struggling with. I try so hard to keep you from putting up the tree the Mm -hmm. day after Thanksgiving every year because I hate it. Yeah, it won't happen every year. That's my Black Friday tradition. I don't go shopping. Which one year, I totally forgot Black Friday existed. I don't know how I did that. And I went out for a gallon of milk. Like, it was that simple. I went out for a gallon of milk and it was horrifying. (laughs) I was terrified of what I saw. I will never go back out on Black Friday again. But I just, you know, I get my Christmas tree up and I put out my holiday decorations. It just makes me happy. Christmas songs are joyful, except for the sad ones. I don't want to hear about how you can't afford shoes for your mom. I don't want to hear about that. That's really sad for me. Let's listen to Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer and just drink some cocoa. Okay. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I am. I like November. You do. And I hate Christmas. You do. So that's where I'm at. But fun fact about you to our listeners, you really enjoy singing Christmas songs at inappropriate times of the year. Easter, it's a great time for you to start singing Christmas songs for whatever reason. Like, spring through summer, you'll just bust out some jingle bells like it's no one's business. I don't enjoy it. I have a compulsion to do it. I have to do it. That's so much It's not worse. that I enjoy it. I know. It's terrible. It's the worst. <laughs> Christmas carols are terrible and at best boring and at worst mind-numbingly annoying. So... Grandma got run over by a reindeer... It's it. This episode is coming out November nineteenth. <laughs> so, do you remember where we left off last week? My boy Omen was injured. He got healed by some black magic, and um, by magic. Okay, he thinks it's black magic. I don't think necessarily that it's black magic, but he thinks it's black well, magic. Well, you used your uh, bardic lore to, uh, or well, read is I think what we read. Yeah. that to kind of like question the magic and like see if you knew what the nature of the magic was right and i found out that it's neither good nor evil like it's just healing magic that's just what it is yes but he thinks it's black magic so he got healed by some black magic and so now he's pissed at me because i made him get healed by black magic and now we're walking back to the tower of avirius Mm -hmm. so we can gather the forces and go kick some messiah butt yeah that's pretty accurate they're pretty comprehensive i should say and that's, a, yeah, you guys are leaving the shanty town that Root and the Gravediggers Guild uh, have kind of built to take in people fleeing from Corpse Town and also uh, quite a bit of the 
merchant guild security forces uh, have kind of like t- made that area like a home base. Mm-hmm. And you y'all are leaving there and heading for the Tower of Averius after securing an agreement that they're gonna spread the word and see if anybody wants to go and join you guys as an offensive, separate from the security forces. Right. And uh, yes, Galaki. Uh, one of these gnolls that you met in Corpstown healed Omin, and now the let's see, there's you, Pat, Omin, Ibjamad, and uh, Galaki heading towards the power of the Tower of Averius. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to do? You can see it in the distance, uh, rising above the other Towers of Silence. It's not terribly far. You'll be there in less than an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, significantly less than an hour, like 15, 30 minutes. Yeah, that's a bad way of describing 15 minutes less than I know, an hour. I know. <laughs> I really want to ask why Omen was so against me having Eve help him, but I don't feel like now is the time for that. But would Sal think that now is the time for it? That's the question. That is a good question. <sighs> She's a fool. But she does, okay, she is charismatic. I do not play this character charismatically, but she is charismatic. Like, she she has some social grace. She has yet to use it, but she does have some. I don't think she asks him. Not in the presence of Eve. The minute that dude is gone, she is asking. Okay. But not in the presence of Eve. I think she just asks about what they saw, Omen and Petronelia. I think he. she just asks what they saw when they were trying to find Evaristo. Omen says, uh... There's a big camp at the uh, and that they've moved to the bottom of the stairs. They have like a security line at the top of the stairs and at the bottom of the stairs is their camp. And you can see it from some of the shops at the very edge of Corpstown mm-hmm. that there is um, I think in between the stairs and like where like the what's the opposite of residential, the mercantile district? Corpstown, there's like a there's a square mm-hmm. or there's like a there's a large space for like meetings and groups and like people to gather okay it's like they've converted the uh like the town courtyard yeah let's call it the stair yard they've converted the stair yard into a makeshift camp and they're sending people in and out collecting folk uh messiah's there she's got the butcher's guild and their security forces with her and the chief or the the head of the priest's guild or the head of uh whose name i forget i haven't been back there for a while yeah you gotta go back in those notes i know naming every okay i know naming every character is important in this game but not every character knows every other character's name so yeah but he would know urbano would he yeah, he's that. Well, uh, pro- I mean, this this city is famous for this temple. Mm-hmm. I guess it, you don't necessarily know the priest in this. I know the pope, but I don't know any of the cardinals underneath him. Yeah, so that's fair. Pat would know though. Pat says it's Urbano. Okay, that's where they're keeping Evaristo. They're keeping Evaristo with Ur- Urbano in the camp. Okay. Um, they have like a small prisoner's pen. Are there others in there with him, or is he alone? Uh, yeah, there are others in there. So, um, Corpstown folk, okay. mostly. One or two other city guard. Well, obviously we're going to go there. 
We just have to figure out how and when and with who. But first thing we need to do, I I think at this point we're probably like at the tower or very, very close to it, right? Like if we've been walking and talking. Um, First thing we need to do is gather up all these people, check our supplies, and start making plans. Um, See how many groups still need to come back and start forming teams, start creating a plan for how we're going to murder Messia. And I dead eye. I'm like dead eyed when I say that. I'm going to murder Messia. Uh, Pat like jerks her head towards uh, Omen's wound and she goes, uh, we have another problem though. Messia's uh, mobilized the immolators. The fireball throwers. She nods. Okay. Cool. So, Eeb, quick question. Would you and any other followers you know who are healers be willing to join our fight? Eeb has that big, huge jackal grin. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I have a few pupils with Root tending to the wounded. We will stay here in the cemetery, but anyone who fights for Corpse Town is protected by us. Do you have of any do you know of any way that we can combat the fireballs other than water hoses which we do not have access to because that's not a thing that exists in this world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he has like this little like high-pitched yipping giggle. Mhm. And he goes uh I may have something for you, Concesao Cortez. It's really disconcerting that he uses my full name every time he talks to me. Let me consult with the mother, and I will see what I can do for you. With the dead mother? I think he doesn't respond. Okay. She is very put off by that. He weirds her out, like, so much he weirds her out. But I think she just is like, mm, okay, problem for a different day. I think Omen, when, like, he, like, looks at you and, like, raises his eyebrows mm-hmm. and, like, kind of, like, gestures towards them and is like... Like, indicating, like, see? Yeah. Okay. No, I think I'm just like, mm, okay, all right, problem for a different day. If you can give us something to help with the fireballs, I think we take that up. I think we're probably... I'm, I'm not trying to tell you how to tell your story, but we are at, I think... The tower, like we're there now. Yeah. And I think we just immediately fall into inventory, basically. Like inventorying people, inventorying supplies. Well, you're not gonna say hello to Abavin? Abavin's been holding the oh, fort. Oh, you're for right. You. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. I can't believe I forgot about him. Okay. So I think Rude. I know, I am very rude. So I just go straight towards him then. I'm mm. trying to find where the commotion is if I don't see him right away and I just try to go straight for him. Yeah, uh, Abavin is there. I, I wonder if anyone would have shown up yet, how long that diversion took you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some people have arrived. Yeah. Um, let's say Dwart has arrived with his team mm. of uh, of uh, Rebel Guard, and did Zofia go with Dwart? He, she probably went no. on her own, right? Yeah. I did not care if Dwart made it back to me. He was a butthead. <laughs> Dwart is a valuable member of the team. He tried to start an uprising. He tried, tried to do to, what's best for the city. He tried to start an uprising. And for Everistu. 
I'm what's best for Evaristo. I think there's one or... She got distracted. Our new mic setup is great, except you are always redlining. Okay. To be fair, you know what you married. I Listen, I'm not complaining from a marriage standpoint. I'm complaining <laughs> from a podcasting standpoint. And our poor <laughs> listeners. And our poor Zach. <laughs> I, I think, like, uh, there's one or two of the groups of gnolls, Gilna and Mithna. Okay. And some odd, like, they have a few gnolls that you haven't seen before. Duarte has uh, a few different humanoids, mm -hmm. uh, a, like, a few humans, a, a dwarf, and a formian, all kind of, like, hanging out. Uh, and they're waiting. And as soon as Abavin sees you, he, like, w waves his hand, holding the dagger in the air. <laughs> he goes, uh, Sal, Sal! All right, I smile and walk over to him, and I, I do the creepy thing where I clasp one of his hands in both of mine, mm -hmm. specifically so that I can take the dagger with me when I'm done okay. clasping. Um, and I'm just like, Abavin, you did such a good job. Hey, bud, what's going on? Give me the lowdown. I need to know what's happening. And then as I take my hand away, I'm, ta I'm trying to take the dagger with me. He goes, uh... Kasiri showed up first, and she brought a few gnolls with her, and then uh, Duarte arrived later, and he has some people too, and we've just been waiting for you. I told them that you went to go talk to the gravediggers with the Munram. You did great, bud. Thank you so much. So great. Let's start on inventory of weapons. I want you to give me a full report of what we've got. Okay. Uh, and he goes back with the rebel guard okay. uh, to like who have who have been like laying out like the supplies and yeah. stuff. And I have his dagger. Okay, uh, he does not get to keep a weapon. When Duarte notices you, he approaches uh, with his armor clanging. I keep um, the dagger in my hand, uh, and he looks to Pat um, and nods. Uh, actually, I think he extends a hand, and they they like kind of. Like the clasp hands. The warrior handshake or like... Like the, up at the elbow? Yeah. Like on the forearm? Do they uh, do that or yeah. is it like a handshake? No, yeah, let's do like the the, the forearm clasp yeah. is, is good. And then he turns to you and says, uh, what do Roots have to say? I'll worry about what Roots had to say. I want to know what you have to say. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> Antagonistic is this poor guy. Um, he goes, <laughs> he, he like gestures towards the tower and all the people gathered there and he goes... I brought reinforcements. Did you see anything else of note? He goes, uh, just Messiah wreaking havoc on the whole neighborhood. Okay. Root is going to send some reinforcements herself. She's got a base camp of injured and those seeking shelter. If we have any here who are looking for shelter, but not to fight, we're to send them to her camp. He uh, shakes his head and he says, everyone here wants to fight. If they didn't, they just stayed locked up in their homes. Okay. And I dead-eye him. So dead-eye to me. What I mean so when I, aggressive. What I mean by dead-eye means I don't blink and I just stare. Okay. Into his eyes. Okay. Like a dead person. Okay. Dead-eye. Is that supposed to be intimidating? No. This is not in character. You don't get to respond in character anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead-eyeing him. And then I walk away. He doesn't say that to me. I'm retconning what you said. Because <laughs> I am intimidating. <laughs> Out of character. Is that it's supposed to be intimidating? I don't 
know. I think she thinks it is. Okay. I think she thinks it is. <laughs> All right. So you're at the ta- uh, you're at the base of the Tower of Averius. It mm-hmm. is the largest tower of silence here. Okay. It is not ornate, although uh, its base is surrounded with stone statues of mythical beasts, mm-hmm. mythical creatures, mm-hmm. uh, and it has this this fine uh, white stone tiling uh, on the outside, similar to Ukurasal. Okay. Um, and it has a, a large, like gated entrance into the into the into the tower. Mm-hmm. And in front of it, uh, everyone is gathered. Um, and I believe this would probably trigger your well read. Yeah, for my legends of heroes past mm-hmm. and my spells of magic. So when I first encounter a location, I get to ask the GM a question. I mean, do I recognize anything like significant in the statues? Let me turn this around back around. Do you think the statues would just be normal protective deities like are on every temple and holy site, like gargoyles? Or would there be some significance to them? Well, this is the Tower of Averius, right? Mm-hmm. I would assume that some of them are just general protectors, right? And then some are maybe a little bit more specific to the story. I guess it comes back down to, like, how old is this tower? Like, is this the first tower ever built? Was this tower here when most humans started settling in this area? Not humans. When most life forms started settling in this area? Was this tower built by the early settlers? Because if it was here before them, then it would be different. Those statues would be different, right? Yeah. But if it was built by the early settlers, then probably it would be pretty similar to some of the other statues around and none of the like protective gargoyles would really be that important. Maybe the stone has some carvings on it. I I don't know. So the statues uh, ringing the outside are mostly just traditional animals, mm-hmm. um, like uh, lions with uh, huge scythe-like claws um, and tusks and uh, like elephant trunks. Lions with elephant trunks? Yes. Okay. Writhing serpents um, with uh, like the heads of goats traditional like protective beasts that you see Mm -hmm. um some of them however you recognize as figures from stories of averius's conquests okay a uh massive boar covered in spines uh with a mane of serpents uh, that you once heard a story of him, uh, of Averius uh, defeating and saving a, a village. Mm-hmm. So he's like Hercules of this world. Yes, he's like Herculean. A huge harpy beast, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, roosting on the top of a pedestal. And a massive hunchbacked hyena with uh, slavering jowls curled up on its haunches and with a... Um, a moon on its forehead. Mm. That's the one I pay attention to. And I think, I mean, obviously it's the goddess that he stole the Bident from. Obviously it's the dead mother portrayed by the winners of history. So they get to make her look as ugly as they want. I think sounds pretty upset to see this. 
Uh, and I think she's upset because, one, she has a little bit of the history of it and she's got a lot of questions and that's something that she wants to kind of dig deeper in and she's afraid she's not going to get the chance to because she promised that once this fight was over that she was going to leave. So she might not get the chance to ex- investigate and find out what happened. Um, but she's, I think, more upset because she has Knowles with her and she asked Knowles to meet her here. And there's this grotesque image of a goddess Knoll here. And I don't know if the other Knowles would notice it. I don't know if the other Knowles even know what that would that that's what this is supposed to be. But she's, I think, pretty upset about that. But I don't think she says anything to anybody. I think she's just kind of upset by it. Um, but it is something I'm going to be investigating. Because F this Averius, man. Men ruin the fun for women all the time. What? Yeah. Listen, I just watched Charmed. The first episode of Charmed. What and is, wait, I... I think... Averius killed the goddess. He oh, ruined okay. her fun. Oh, I see. Okay. What? How did you not make that connection? It's what I eventually came to. Oh. That, yeah. That's obviously what I was talking about. Anyway, that's not the point. She's upset. <laughs> she's upset by this. And okay. I think she doesn't say anything to anybody. And she just kind of keeps on her way. You know, kind of doing what she was doing. Mm-hmm. I think she probably paused a little. But she just kept going. She doesn't address it with anybody. Set out out front mm-hmm. is uh, is where they are laying out the weapons, the supplies, uh, and everything. The rebel guard are kind of going through it, laying everything out. Uh, what little you have, you don't have. Oh well, actually, you wanted to say that you took most of the stuff, right? I didn't want to say that. I had said it. I'd been saying it <laughs> since the beginning. Okay. I had most of the you stuff. Have most of the stuff. And everyone I sent out had some weapons, so now we have more weapons than we showed up with. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm sure the people who said they wanted to fight probably brought their, like, shovels and, like, pickaxes or whatever they had in their mm. houses. Do people have pickaxes? I guess a very specific person would have a pickaxe no, at their well, house. Yes. I don't think most people around Corpstown have pickaxes, but they have fire pokers for their fireplaces mm-hmm. and they have knives for their kitchens. So, yes, people brought stuff. Yeah. Everyday tools that you could use as a weapon. Hammers right. and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, people are mostly just kind of, uh, like the gnolls that were brought in, like from the outside uh, or from corpse town are kind of like standing around watching, uh, talking with the Mithna and Hamna gnolls. The humans are kind of like off together talking and everyone's just kind of like mingling. Mm-hmm. Um, and soon more and more people that you sent out arrive. Mm-hmm. Um, Zofia arrives, um, and, with with like her two or three other people and and some people that they brought a pair of orcs and some humans um oh, we got some orcs more mithna more hamna more rebel guard until after over the course of uh an hour two hours mm-hmm. um everyone who you sent out has arrived and there are e- each of them have brought more people okay so what are my numbers now you have let's see a fighting force of about 30. Okay. And that's before Root sends anybody. That's before Root sends anybody. Right. Which I think is fair. You entered Corpstown mm-hmm. with a, a less than 10. Mm-hmm. Picked up a few nulls from the Gilna. Picked up a few nulls from the Hamna. So if they went out as 15 and everybody came back with one or two. And some groups probably came back with more. Some br- groups yeah. probably came back with no one. 
Yeah, you have about 30 people. Including the rebel guard, including myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Including, but yeah, everybody. Okay. Which is not huge. No, but it's not nothing. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. And listen, I get to make this movie as kooky as I want. We can set booby traps and lure the rebel guard to us and drop nets on their heads and then pour boiling oil on them like every other kooky movie of the underdog all those kooky movies where they pour boiling wa- oil <laughs> on someone's head so wacky what so, a screwball comedy so wacky listen 30 people is enough okay to make i think a small dent and if we can get the merchant guild is that who was with yeah i forget um if we can get them to come i think that would be helpful Okay, so what I do is I order Duarte and I ask Petronelia and Susie to... Forgot out Susie. Yeah, well, I ask them to kind of inventory the people and the skills that we've got. Like, if we've got blacksmiths, we might be able to have them make us some stuff. Or we can just have them, like, hit people really hard, right? <laughs> okay. Like, but if we've got, like, farmers... We might need them to be doing something else. So I just have them kind of do an inventory of the people to sort of see what skills we have. Mm -hmm. So I'm sending them off to do that. The inventory of the weapons has continued as they've been coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we've got some legit war weapons. We've got crossbows, grenades. I think we still had some explosives. We had swords, knives, normal bows. Um, So we've got some war weapons. Plus we've got like kitchen knives, hammers, like a shovel or two. So now it's, I have to plan. We are on the exact opposite side of Corpstown as their camp, right? Just about, yes. Okay. You're not like up against the wall anymore, but mm-hmm. you have a pretty fair... We're at the back of Corpstown and they're at yeah. the front of Corpstown. Yeah. And they have firepower and we haven't gotten our magic yet, mm-hmm. which we might get or we might not get. Depends on what Eve does. So we have to start planning. Um, I think Sal sits down with Omin, Sophia, and Susie. Because we haven't had a lot of screen time with Susie. We've had no screen time with Susie. So now, You're going to make me try to give Susie a character, uh, any sort of characteristics? Well, what I need is somebody with a military background. And Why not Pat? Because I use Pat a lot and I feel bad about that. Tried and true. Um, Duarte actually would be a better fit, but I don't like him. I don't know. So he started an uprising. Or he tried. He tried. Mm. My ornator. Oranator? Arnator. I have no idea what word you're trying to say. Public speaking. Orator? Orator. Mm-hmm. My oratory? Or- or- oratory skills? The- oratory skills. Thank you. My oratory skills were too good for him. They were too good. That's very true. You also assume that Pat wouldn't have joined him if she was with him when he started doing this. Doesn't matter. Okay doesn't matter but i think i asked duarte to join this party i don't like him um i feel, so, <laughs> I feel bad for duarte you shouldn't he's a butthead anyway but he was kind of like the leader before mm-hmm. and i mean he tried to be a leader in an uprising i just beat him to the uprising so whatever okay to him <laughs> i ask omin zofia and duarte to sit with me and start coming up with a plan I don't know the city. I certainly don't know Corpstown. And um, I am not a military strategist. And I don't know what resources any of the guilds might have. That's why I've grabbed 
gathered these people. So like Omin knows Corpse Town, Sophia knows what the mili- what the guild can do, and Duarte knows the military. Like he knows probably how Messia would plan mm-hmm. some strategies. Because uh, we need to get to them quickly. We need to disarm them, and we need to cut the head off the snake. So do you think that this is a order followers move, or a, a do their thing move? Or what I am inclined to go with is a discern realities with a plus one to indicate you receiving help from this group of people you have gathered. That's kind of where I'm leaning. Like, I'm not okay. telling them to do rec- anything. We're kind of just, like, planning together. Yeah. That's kind of what I... That's where I was leaning. And I, I, I like this because it is literally you are sitting down with your team, with your council, mm-hmm. asking questions and getting their input. Yeah. I, I right. Like so yeah, let's discern realities. I rolled a nine. What am I discerning realities with? Intelligence? Wisdom? You'd think I would remember. Wisdom. Wisdom? Mm-hmm. Um, I rolled a nine. My wisdom's a plus zero. And then I get a plus one because I'm talking to them. That makes it a yeah, 10. That's not... 10, 10, yeah. 10, 10. Yes, I'd rather you have the 10 than take a 9. Yes. Okay. So question number one. What should I be on the lookout for? Dwart says, um, Pat told me that Masia has sent out the emulators. That's really bad. Emulators are supposed to be used for, uh, like, invasion into the city from the steppe. Like, if a orc king tries to raid the city that's when emulators are supposed to come out if she's using them now it means that she's taking us very seriously and wants us put down quick we need to be on the lookout for them all right i've already spoken to ebe who has proven to me that he's capable of using magic well omen scoffs and i like talk over him exasperatedly Mm -hmm. and he promised me that he was going to work on something i cannot promise that this man i just met will bring me something but we are addressing that because that is a huge concern fireballs are a big deal and we might want to possibly wear different clothing maybe i don't know like you mean like fireproof clothing yeah Mm. or like more layers so that if something does catch on fire you can rip it off yeah no Duarte goes, uh, no offense, but this is a serious team of warriors on our hands. I don't know if we want to trust our safety to a crazy person who lives in a cemetery and covers themselves in bones. Okay. How would you handle them? Duarte. (laughs) Uh... That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait I, for the magic I, man. I think Dwight's face gets a little red and he goes, That's what I thought. We'll wait for the magic man. And the element of surprise. So there. Okay, moving on. I'm such a dick to him. <laughs> I'm like super dickish to him. Even though like my best idea is waiting for a crazy man who wears bones. Like that's my best idea. Alright, so my next question is I'm gonna ask this one to Omen very specifically, and I'm asking about Corpse Town. Okay. But my question is, what here is useful or valuable to me? Mm. What do you think the people at Corpstown do with sewage? Do you think they have an underground sewage system? Probably not. 
I'm kind of inclined to think not as well. Yeah, they probably, what they probably have are gutters in the street and they would throw their sewage out of the window into the street like they used to do way back when, when people were disgusting. Like Alderiki? Yes. That took took me far too long to interpret in my head. (laughs) I'm so sad at myself. You love Edinburgh and I I should just know that. I'm inclined to agree that in that case, I think that the, can you restate the question? What Uh, here is useful or valuable? Yes. What here is useful or valuable to me? To what, to what end? How can we use Corpstown to our advantage is, is probably the question that I ask him, but for mechanical purposes, this is what I'm asking. He goes, uh, Corpstown is dense. There's buildings everywhere and thin alleys that pass through them it's hard to navigate but easy to get around if you know where you're going um it also means that you can get from rooftop to rooftop really easily so we could try to position ourselves on the rooftops and uh try to get around above them um or if we're sneaking around in the alleys it shouldn't be too hard not to get caught and uh I think Duarte goes, uh, like you didn't get caught with your leg. And Omen goes, I got too close and I was trying to get a better eye on their campsite. If we are in the city proper, there's fewer places for them to to get a clean line of sight on us. So we need to draw them out into the city where we have the advantage. Omen says, that's what I would think. And um, Duarte says... That's probably why they're blowing out storefronts and wrecking havoc is to draw people out of the alleyways. Um, They have all this firepower. They can just ignite the roads. So we go to the rooftops and we we give them something they cannot resist. If Messia sees me or thinks she sees me, she's not going to send her minions. She's going to come for me herself. So that is a plan to consider as we move forward. I ask Zofia, what is about to happen? What I'm asking Zofia is how she thinks the guilds will react and act. Okay. But mechanically, I'm asking what is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zofia says, um, well, you said that there are already guild security forces in the cemetery, which means that there's probably been a lot of fighting. Um, I don't know where the mercantile guilds are based if Messia is at the stairs um, or even how they got in or, or what happened there. Most of them might still be at the top of the stairs, which might explain why there's so few people here. If that's the case, then... They'll probably try to do another big push this evening or in the middle of the night when Messiah's people are tired. That's what I think Arlindu would do, would push for. So if we can time our attack with the attack we think might happen, we can't guarantee it'll happen, but we think it might happen. If we can time our attack with that and we can draw some of her forces into the city and pick them off one by one and just murder them so hard, just (laughs) so hard, 
uh, in cattle shoots, essentially. That's what the alleys can become. I think we have a shot. If, if we can attack her forces, if, she, if her forces can be attacked from all angles and all sides, then I think we have a shot. I think we continue talking. I want to ask so many more questions, but I can't. Those are my three. Yeah. Uh, um, don't forget you get plus one forward when you act on those answers. Which is my goal if I make this plan. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Do I only get plus one or do I get plus one for every question I asked? That's a good question. Because, so because I, because this, because my plan that I'm kind of formulating in my head would require using all of the answers at the same time. I think any, I think, so plus one forward implies that you only get that plus one once. Right. But when it says acting on the answers, I'm inclined to think, and this is how I've always thought about it, but I never really analyzed it that closely. Um, I'm inclined to think that for each answer, you can get plus one. Get plus one. Okay. So you can get plus one three times as long as you can connect it to one of those answers. Okay. It's kind of like... I yeah. picture it as you have hold for each of those answers. Mm-hmm. And as long as you can narratively justify, I am firing from the rooftops because, because this is what Omen said would be advantageous. Right. Or I'm firing now because I can see that her... The security force- guilt are moving in. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Or I'm attacking that man in full armor because he's fucking fire. Yeah. Because he's fucking fire. All right. Not that he's actually, like, he's not having yeah, sex yeah. with mm-hmm, fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah, I got it. I got you. <laughs> Listen, we tried to make this show PG at the beginning. You're the one who said it didn't need to be. <sighs> Fucking fire. <laughs> Do whatever you want with that. Okay. Um, all right. So I think we talked for a little bit. Um, and we kind of we kind of come up with this plan where we're going to break out into groups of 10 um, so there's going to be three, as of right now, with the numbers that we've got. Mm-hmm. We're going to break into groups of 10. Um, and possibly have one group be quite small and try to infiltrate the camp itself. Um, infiltrate or assault? No, infiltrate. Okay. Yeah. Um, and wreak a little bit of havoc. So, like, if they had, like... Picture an old Western movie, right? Like, the guy who has to go to the stables and let out all the horses. Yeah. Like, just to kind of cause a distraction to cause some confusion. That's kind mm. of what these people would be doing. Okay. There are no horses. But they would be letting I, the horses out the stable. I know what you mean. Maybe, like, setting fire to their stores. Not, like, their storefronts. Like, the I know. food. Okay, but other people might not. Oh, okay, yeah. So, like, the, so like the, like, where they keep their food. Their supplies. Their supplies. Thank you, yeah. So, maybe setting fire there or... Causing a distraction in one part of the camp. Uh, maybe doing something to the tents or, I don't know, something, right? Like, maybe maybe I'd send a few people out there. Um, that would depend on the kind of people that we have. Right now, I would think to send Omen, right? Like, my first instinct for this group would be someone like Omen, but I don't mm-hmm. want to send Omen into that level of danger because that's very dangerous. I don't want to do it. So I'm not going to. Okay. But that is, we talk about a group like that, I think. All right. I'm retconning that. I talk about forming a group like that with Zofia. I do not mention it in front of Omen. Omen, okay. with volunteer. I do not I do not mention it in front of him. Okay. I think Zofia is a little hesitant. She's like, um, she's like, last time somebody got close, they got hurt real bad. Right. I don't know 
how we're going to sneak in. Right. Which is why I'm very on the fence about this. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that will make it to part of the plan. Do you want to wait until the other yes. guilds as- attack and then we cause chaos then when that, they're already? That's what, that's when it would be happening. But okay. we would need someone close enough to the camp when they are attacked so that it could be maximized amount of time. Do you know what I mean? Like we would already have to decide that we're sending somebody in and they would just have to wait. But I don't know if I'm ready to make that decision just yet. She goes, uh, we wouldn't necessarily have to wait if we could find out when, if we could find out what the security forces are planning on doing. If we knew what the other guilds were doing, we would be able to coordinate it better. Is there any way that you can think of for us to figure that out? Uh, are you well read on spells and magics? I am. I am, but I don't have my books. Uh, why don't you <gasps> roll? Wait, what? stop. Hold on. Really quick question. Yeah. My stuff was left at Corpstown. Yeah. Do I have my things? Did Marshiri have them? Ooh, no, Marshiri didn't have them. Mar- Would her Mar- mom have? No, because all three of them were captured. Okay, by, you're right, you're right. If you had gone to the Homnaz, you could have grabbed it. Yeah. But uh, no, okay. I don't think they had an opportunity. Oh, also, Marshiri's here, too. I forget. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I never but I mentioned she, Marshiri arriving. She's not like a warrior. Well, that's judgmental. Well, she's going to do war stuff, but um, she's not a warrior. I think you could still spell lore to see if you know of any okay. uh, know of any spells. Just because the Spells and Magics was a new book. Like, canonically, it was a book that I picked up. Yeah. It's not a book I had, so I don't know that I'd have it memorized uh, right. like Legends of Heroes Past. Okay. I might be able to recall a spell, though, if you think that's okay. Yeah, spell lore. Okay. Oh my gosh, I rolled so poorly last night when we had when we played a different game and I am rolling out of the freaking woods today. Out of the freaking woods. I rolled a 10. Out of the woods? Yes, I couldn't What's the f- Out what? of the park? Out of the park. That's the thing that people say. <laughs> that makes way more sense. Um So I I rolled an 11. Okay. Yes, you know of a short-term telepathy spell. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Which is more like a throw your voice spell. Okay. Um, so they can hear me. Would I be able to hear them? But regardless, th- knowing this spell is going to be amazing with fucking with Masia. Okay. No. All right. I have an idea. It is a. It's a. It's a short term, short distance, like a uh, spatial communication spell. So I have to be close. To- well, that's not helpful. I'm not close to them. I don't. I- well, I mean, it's still longer distance than, like, you can't do it, like, across the world. You can do it, like, oh. a few miles. Oh, so, like, within the city? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, You'd be able to reach somebody within the city. What I think we're going to do is we're going to uh, make a ritual roll, <gasps> which is a wizard move. You don't have that. So that we can build up this spell and figure it out. Okay. Um, but what I think we're going to do is we're going to end here. Oh, no! You know of a spell that can that is going to be able to do this short-term thing and then we'll resolve that at the start of next week oh my goodness sound good all right yes short term short distance telepathy is that what we went with uh or like a projection yeah i think it's more like a projection okay i think it's what we're gonna go with i'm having an image of communicating through a fire oh like harry potter oh dang it is that harry potter that i'm getting that idea from i mean it's in they a lot of places. Yeah. 
It's in a lot of places. We'll work. We'll workshop it. Okay. We'll workshop it once we see that ritual roll. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Thank you to Zach B, our editor, without whom the show would not get made. I went on a lot of tangents today, so... Not that many. Not as many as <laughs> we've seen in the past. That's true. I have gone on more tangents pre- previously. But if you don't hear very many tangents, that's because of Zach B. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, bud. <laughs> bud? <laughs> Thanks, bud. Uh, thank you to In Love With The Ghost for the use of their song, Chilling At New Moose Place, off of the album Healing. You can find In Love With The Ghost... Uh, on SoundCloud. On Spotify. Spotify and on Bandcamp. Yeah. They're good fall weather. It's amazing fall weather. So um, do it. Listen. It makes me so happy. If you like us, please make sure to write and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Friends, we have not gotten an iTunes review in weeks, and my soul is feeling malnourished. Oh, good. You can tell he's a writer, folks. That's what that wasn't that good. Listen, you're setting a tone. I need you right now, as you hear my voice saying these words, to go to iTunes. And if you haven't already, please leave us a five star review and tell us something nice about the show. If you feel like we're telling you what to do by leaving a five star review, you do your own thing, but leave a review. No, no. The five star is the important oh, part. Okay. The words you say are less important. <laughs> you, if, if you can leave a five star review and tell us that we talk too much and that uh, we don't, f- we're not focused enough, and that we make too many stab in the taint jokes, I don't care what criticism you say in the words. The five stars is the important part. I haven't stabbed anyone in the taint in quite some time, That's and true. I still hold that it is a valid move when you are under someone. I would like to speak to someone who has studied swordplay and <laughs> ask them if that's accurate. Oh my gosh, if you study swordplay, please leave <laughs> us a review. Please recommend us to your RPG-loving friends, um, anyone who uh, likes RPGs um, and maybe is looking for a new actual play, is looking for something outside of the traditional Dungeons & Dragons thing, uh, the big group party thing. Maybe if your friend just really likes funny couples, or maybe if your friend enjoys storytelling, and it's okay if your friend is you, that's fine, but um, share the love. Yes. You can also follow us at HeartPointsPod. If you could tweet about us, we would love to see it. Um, If you recommend us to someone on Twitter, please tag us. And we will mention you on the show, such as some very good friends who talked to us this week, including John Lemick at Run A Game, uh, Benjamin Gildas at Benjamin Wallace, Blaine at Refugees of... Or Refugees Pod? Oh, no, I messed that one up. And uh, Lost Dutchman at Soft Dutch and Penance RPG at Penance RPG. That also just reminded me, uh, the last couple weeks we have guested on um, a, two podcasts on the All Ports Open Network. On PDP 10, we played Mission Accomplished by Party of One Pod's Jeff Stormer with um, Jeff uh, Blaine Martin of the Refugees of Esmeralda podcast, which I highly recommend as an amazing um, world-building podcast with a lot of different fantasy games, um, as well as Ben and Mel of the Pod of Love right. podcast, where they play Fog of Love. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the PDP-10 podcast on Allport's Open Network. Also, we have been guest starring the past couple weeks on the pod of love podcast um run by ben and mel diana and i play fog of love and we learned all about it and we had a really fun time and it was great 
and I highly recommend going and checking that out as well. That is the Pod of Love podcast. Yeah, it was a ton of fun to record both of those. Um, and I hope that you guys can kind of, I don't know, hear the enjoyment that we had with that. It was a lot of fun to to kind of be a part of that atmosphere, yeah, I guess. It was uh, great. Yeah. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash heartpointspod. And lastly, in a week, two weeks, we are going to be at PAX Unplugged um, on Sunday at 2.30. We are having our... Uh, we are on a panel with the same group of people I just listed earlier uh, on two-player RPGs. So if you listen to our podcasts and you really like two-player RPGs and you want to know what are some things that you should keep in mind going into running them, uh, if you want to hear some recommendations about two-player RPGs, please come to our panel, uh, hang out with us, talk with us. We want to see you. We want to hang out with you. uh, We want to play games with you. Uh, Otherwise, that weekend, I'm mostly going to be in the Games On Demand section doing games on demand oh my god we're gonna come back with so many games i know i'm gonna spend so much money i'm so excited about the panels i'm actually very excited to go to the panels i'm always excited to go to panels i like learning i'm a nerd i do too uh i think that's everything for housekeeping do you have anything else um i do i have one thing and it's not something that we typically do on hard points but it is something that i want to do i want to shout out chasing chocobos oh it is a hilarious i think podcast where three brothers play every Final Fantasy game ever made and then talk about the legs of the game, like the certain amount of hours that they've played that week and then kind of the struggles that they're having. And I cannot tell you how funny this has become. It is so funny to me. Really? I love listening to it. I had an eight-hour day where there were no children and I had to do filing. And all I did was listen to Chasing Chocobos and it made it go by so fast. It is so funny. Really? And yeah, I think Aww. it's really funny. Okay. I think it's really good. And it's really interesting. And I have never played a Final Fantasy game. I've only ever watched you play one of them. Two of them? One of them. I watched you play one Final Fantasy game. That's it. That's the context I have for Final Fantasy. And I find this very interesting and funny. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you. So if you don't love us enough to rate and subscribe to us, that's really upsetting. And I, I'm, my feelings are really hurt. But please go find Chasing Chocobos and rate and subscribe to them because they're phenomenal. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That's what I had. But, you know, normally, just have, like, a really good day. Whoa, wait. Hold yeah. on. No, no. Thank you so much for <laughs> joining us. And we can't wait to see you next week. Oh, wait. Now I'm so thrown off. In the meantime, have a very nice day. But, like, a very, very nice one. Do you think we should change it to a very nice week? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But in the meantime, like, switch it up. Do something different. Maybe steal the outro from your husband on a podcast that you do. You get... Okay. Just steal it from him. Just right. take it from him. As he's about to say his words, you take the words from his mouth and then watch him be flustered and then laugh at it. It's funny. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>